Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, once again, back in the heart of the Clempire, Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge, with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times, and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's happening with you? Oh, man. Uh, the festival season is upon us. Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, we the got season. It's the, a it, season. It's a season. Yes, I have uh, a gig with uh, Susan Cowsill tomorrow, uh, then followed by uh, gigs with uh, uh, Loose Cattle and the Iguanas the next two days at the French Quarter Festival, oh. and then on Sunday, uh, uh, Lynn Drury. A lot of former guests there in the in the in the lineup, and then I have uh, and next week uh, starts. Well, before that happens, we have the 200th episode party, which will be taking place a week from tonight, right here in Snake and Jake's oh, Christmas Club wow. Lounge. This now, is will uh, this be a catered affair? Well, the the bar will be open. Um, so, uh, but will we have finger food or anything? Cause well, uh, you lots know, lots of my guests are hungry people. Well, they should eat before they come to the party, because uh, uh, or or or, 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 or drink on an empty stomach, or bring food. Yeah, because you know, uh, uh, podcasts and food don't really uh, don't really mix. You know, you you don't want to hear that chewing on the. Uh, on, on the podcast, so but very excited about that. So tonight is episode one ninety nine. It's very exciting. Oh well, cool man. And you had a busy. You were also this past week. You've been very busy because you had you had COVID. I and did then have. You had more gigs. I did have COVID, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and I was able to. Uh, now I'll remind our guests uh, when they laugh. You have, laugh though? right into the mic, okay? Because yeah, we want to hear that. <laughs> but what COVID did you? I think have? I, I think I had the 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 the, uh, the om- uh, Omicron 2.0. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, the yeah. Optimus or the. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Devastator. Optimus Prime. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but uh, but uh, I tell you what, I, I you know I, I I was thinking that I might never get this this thing because uh you know i'd been around so many people that had had it and i hadn't been infected yet and well i I did finally get it but man i was able to clear the virus in six days so i i uh, I tested negative in on the sixth day of having this thing and played a job the next day oh so uh i'm feeling pretty pretty proud of myself (laughs) but your whole band got it right uh well a couple (laughs) of the guys had already had it Okay. And uh, so it was you that had it. So half of our half of our band had it. Uh, I, I didn't. It was ini- Rob. I didn't initially have it. Uh, uh, somebody else got it, and and then we we had to call the tour off and start driving home. Now on the drive, I started showing a little bit of symptom right as I was getting to New Orleans. Now doing the math, uh, I didn't catch it from him. You know, we were I, we. I got in the van. I was obviously already infected. It just hadn't had manifested. Did you yet. have him right on top of the van? Well, no, no, no. And that's the thing. Well, uh, <laughs> the the two guys that had already had it, they didn't catch it again. So okay. even though they were riding in the van for two days with uh, two infected people, so that's uh, I got to say, if I had to find a silver lining, um, you know, I'm 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 happy to have had it and. Uh, got that out of the way before uh, this. We're in the thick of this. All these dates here, because if I got it three days from now, that would have canceled a lot more than three dates with a lot more than one band. Well, you could have just said, "I don't have it." Well, you yeah. just lied. <laughs> I, I guess you I just said, "Yeah, I feel fine." I, I guess I, I feel fine. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you somebody know. have. I have allergies. Is somebody yeah. bring yeah. right, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. exactly. And then also, you were busy because I heard that uh, I saw. 
I saw that you were the Grand Marshal of the Gay Easter Parade. Is that true? Well, that's a long-standing thing of mine. Okay. I, I, I have to okay. do that, man. You know, uh, sick or, you know, Sick COVID or not sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and you I, stood in for, uh, what's his name? Chris Owen, For Chris right? Owen, sure, yeah. yeah you stood yeah, in yeah, for yeah. him. Right, right. At the Gay Easter Parade. And that's always fun for you. Sure, yeah. I like Being to be a Jew, my... it's very fun for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, get all those things going together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year, your outfit was what? Um, it was it was uh, it was kind of a. Uh, uh, you were dressed like the uh, the construction worker from the village people. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, uh, less on downstairs, more more of a uh, kind of g-string type deal. Oh, and, uh, not 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 to not to put that in the minds of our guests because as I well, said, well, it's that, too late it's, now. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late now. Okay, Should well, have ordered a double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Manny brought this up. Uh, this is not my, not my, not I, my you choice. Know, I don't go out much. I, I just hear things. I hear sure, things. Sure. I don't go out. Okay. I don't. I don't uh, do the social media or anything. I, I just, you know, someone will just text me and say things. So I just hear things. Okay. I hear things. Some things I hear. Some things I hear. Right. Know? Right. I hear right. Some things. You know. Also, what's going on? You know, my good friend, uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Did mm -hmm. you hear about Billy? Well, what, his house burned down or something? No, some uh, uh, meth heads broke into his house that was for sale. They broke into his house, and they started stealing a lot of uh, political and sports memorabilia. Hmm. And then, for some reason, they decided to, uh, I guess, cook something. <laughs> at the house, and <laughs> it's funny because uh, but not meth. They weren't cooking. No, meth. I don't. Well, I don't know about okay, that. But usually, meth heads don't eat a lot. They don't have no, big appetites. You know? uh, they don't have teeth. Well, yeah. that's true too. Maybe soup. it was soup. Yeah, <laughs> it's just boiled water. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but apparently, they caught uh, they caught the kitchen on fire. Uh. And these guys, these, it was a, a guy and a girl. They weren't too bright. Um, the woman looks like a huge meth head. The guy just looks like a loser, and. Um, so, so how can you tell them apart? <laughs> right, right. So, but Billy said they're going to catch him very soon because as they were stealing uh, memorabilia, pictures and stuff and coins, they, some one of them cut their hand on a glass frame. So there's blood everywhere, mm. this person's blood. And I'm sure they already have a record, these people. Right. And... Um, so anyway, you know, I know Billy for a long time, and I, I, I'm glad he's all right. And the thing is, the, the house was actually for sale. So, um, you know, they were getting ready to move out of that house anyway. Uh-huh. So um, they caught the people already. Okay. They're bringing them back to uh, S Celeste. Do you know where Celeste Bay is? Or something? No. That's where he lives. That's where his house is. Hmm. Celeste Bay. But, you know, typical politician. This guy, he's going to run for governor, I'm sure. But I met him at a forum where there was an open bar, not, not an open bar, but a pay bar. You know, you just buy, pay for drinks. Uh -huh. He was buying everyone a drink. Yeah. He, had, he had rolls of cash. <laughs> rolls of cash. <laughs> he was like, hey, man, how you doing? What do you want? What, do you, what does your wife want? He was like, oh, well, I'll take this, and I'll take two of those and five of those, and okay. boom. So he's a good guy, and I hope he's going to be all right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like he has a bright future with, uh, with that kind of political acumen. Yeah. I can't wait till you're mayor, Manny, and I get to hang out with you at a bar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be that'll be something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hang out with me at a bar. So anything else going on with you? Um, well, you know, I, I, I've been watching a lot of black and white movies, Manny. 
You know, I got got rid of the cable, and uh, so so now I'm digging into this this huge uh, wealth of of movies that I I missed out on, or you know they you saw them a long time ago. And where are you seeing these movies? Well, I'm seeing them like you know on different services, you know the, oh, okay. the Amazon Prime or you know here and there. Oh, so, so you're still getting these movie channels? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You got yeah. rid of cable? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I finally got rid of uh, Cox Cable. You know, yeah, you still um, have a landline, I bet too, right? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sure you do. That's for my wife, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I only use a landline to find my cell phone. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Because you can't lose a landline. Yeah, it's, that's the thing. It's always it's, there. It's always there. So well, you're watching a lot of black and white. Well, movies. some black and, and and older movies too. And there's one that I was watching. I thought, man, I bet Manny would love this movie. And it's one that that I'm surprised more people don't know about. Uh, it, it's a John Huston movie. Movie takes place in Sacramento, starring uh, the great Stacy Keach. Uh, uh-huh. It's called Fat City. Oh yeah, Fat City. You, sure. You're familiar oh, with that movie? I've, I've seen that movie a million times. Really? Yeah. I'd, I'd oh, yeah. never. I'd, I was not yeah. familiar with it at all. It's a great movie, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's our people. It's uh, bar flies. Yeah. It's like uh, ex boxers. A lot of actual uh, ex or boxers in the movie. You know, so you got half the people are are playing drunks and the other half of the people are are actually punch drunk. No, I haven't seen it so in not years. The Xbox video game <laughs> console. Yeah, no, no, you no. You talk about former former so that prize movie, fighters. That was prize probably fighters. that okay, was like yeah, a yeah. 60s or 70s. I think it's like 72, 73. You do a comic book podcast and the okay. terminology is going to right, be Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, yeah, set in Sacramento, and and it has the the song uh, "Help Help Me Make It Through the Night," the great Chris Christopherson song. Chris Christopherson song. Yeah, and it is kind of the theme song. And it had this great line that that I even had to write down. Uh, Stacy Keach. It, it it has a uh, young Jeff Bridges uh, plays the the second lead, and uh, Stacy Keach, you know, is kind of a uh, washed up boxer, and he's uh, he's given some some advice to a young Jeff Bridges. He's he's getting very uh, you know reflective, and he says, you know, there are some women who love you for yourself, but that doesn't last long. (laughs) 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 That's good, man. (laughs) I thought you were gonna say uh, he said, "Don't fuck with the Jesus" to Jeff Bridges. Well, I haven't seen that movie. I think my I think I saw that in Culver City Theater triple feature. Now, see, John Huston made so many fucking movies that nobody saw too, and people saw a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. But then there's some movies that, you know, like Fat City was came and went. I think yeah for him. Did you ever see Under the Volcano? Uh, he did that with Albert Finney. Now that is a movie that nobody saw. I saw it. I think it's a brilliant movie. Albert Finney plays an amazing fucking drunk in that. And it's a, what? who is that? A Con- Flanders Connor? What's his name? Flannery O'Connor. Flannery, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a Flannery it's, O'Connor. It's a woman. Book. Yeah. Flannery. Oh, f- uh, oh really? A, yeah, female. Uh, uh, well, then I don't dig it now. No. <laughs> <laughs> great Southern writer, Flannery O'Connor. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, that's another great movie he did. And also uh, a great one that also came out like in the late 70s, uh, Wise Blood. Did you ever see Wise Blood? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that yeah. uh, at the yeah. Britannia when yeah. it, when it premiered, Wise Blood. Yeah, well, you know, I went, I went this past Sunday to Britannia to see the 50th anniversary reprint of The Godfather. Oh, wow. I went there and it was fucking amazing. The sound was excellent. Yeah. The sound, they redid the sound, and the print was fabulous. Nice. Just fabulous. It was so good. It still holds up. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know every scene that's coming. Sure. You know, you know everything. It's almost like a Rocky Horror thing where you want to just talk back to it. <laughs> stuff like that. You know. Point, yeah. yeah. At this point, you know, and everyone there. It was half full of the theater. It was Easter Has Sunday. Has there been a musical of The Godfather? <laughs> Has there been like uh, a I review? Know, it's musical called Cats. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Right. <laughs> no, I right. don't. no, I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a musical of The Godfather. Well, Not yet. Yeah. They've, they've done everything else. Renee? Though. Talk. I okay. <laughs> I think you know you'd have songs like "What's a matter, Fredo? What's going on, Fredo? Why you lie to me, Fredo? I am smart. I can do things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Was it a boy? Was it a boy? Was it a boy? Was it a boy? Dun dun dun. Can't you give me a straight answer anymore? Was it a boy? <laughs> Michael, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can work on that. Yeah, yeah, it's got okay. potential. Okay, now. See, now, I, I now tried I to do, it. me and some buddies of mine back in the late 80s, we tried to do a musical of Mice and Men. Yeah. Sure. We had songs like uh, Lanny, Lanny, how did you get those rabbits in your hat? <laughs> <laughs> we ran one night. Yeah. <laughs> and we sure. closed. We closed after one, one epic night. night. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, actually Shakespeare in the dark. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, so that's been going on. You had a good time. Yeah. Uh, so, so what? Know. What else? What else, man? You have, no, have anything uh, else not, before uh, we get to our guests? Because uh, we have not one but two guests. Yeah, tonight. I know. Um, no, I just uh, just two things that I want to know that just are on my mind. Let me ask you this: You ask all. Three of you guys, um, you know when you're like a guy and there's running water, and all of a sudden you feel like you have to pee. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. does that happen to women? You think too? I've yes. asked my wife, and she says no. Hmm. Okay. Because you know you're you're stuck somewhere and the water's running. All of a sudden you feel like you got to piss, hmm. and then you do piss. Yeah. A lot of times you do piss. I just want to know if women do have that same feeling. So trouble nation. Ask your significant woman if they suffer from that same thing or if they don't even know what the hell you're talking well, we about. We have a lot of female listeners as well. So yeah. The, 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 yeah, they the, can the females respond. Females in the Troubled Nation. Yeah. Yes, you can, uh, you can write in. You know, we have the uh, uh, Troubled Men podcast at gmail.com. Uh, oh, so you can, really? uh, you can email us. You, we also have the, uh, the Facebook page. Yeah, tell us if it happens for you. Because I just think about this stuff because as I get older and, and uh, it's harder and harder to the piss, so sometimes I run the water. <laughs> okay. You know, that, so that's what to, this is going. To yeah, get you started. To get me started. Okay. And also another thing, you know, it's a big debate. I don't know if it's it's gone to the president yet for a signature. Um, has this been thing been near a cat or something? Uh, that's I don't know. Just <laughs> anyway, you, man. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're thinking of uh, uh, ending daylight savings. Right. Heard now, about that. Yeah. Now, what I want to know is, are they gonna, what, which are they going to switch it to? They're going to keep it like this. I think this is daylight savings, right? Okay, is and it? They're going to keep it like this, where uh, where we have more light uh, light in the evening, right? Uh, like see, that's been that my question all. about switching that yeah. is that I think everybody prefers the actual daylight savings time to right. the standard time. Right, right, right. That's that's what they're proposing to do. Keep it like it is now, right? Like really, there, there will only be twenty three hours on the planet. <laughs> okay. I think they're doing that just so they can stretch out the workday till eight o'clock. That's there you go. Yeah. See, it's a conspiracy. It is totally. It's, well, if it happens, stage I'm capitalism. not doing it. <laughs> stage capitalism. I'm not doing it if it happens. No. I'm going to just keep doing, you know. I'll also, just take, I'll just take my lunch break late. There you go. 
Well, you know, hey, man, I just uh, talked to some uh, friend of mine in L.A. L.A. is thinking of going to a four-day work week. Hippies. <laughs> cool, man. I'm thinking about going to a six-day work week. Yeah, yeah you're going yeah. the other way. I am. Well, is I that down from work. seven? Uh, down from seven. Okay, I'm well, all going right. Back. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually giving myself a day off. Oh, good for you. Good for you, DC. All right, yeah, introduce these guys. Right on. Because they're exciting to me. Yes, 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 me too. Um, and, uh, it I, shows, I, I, Manny. You better start because <laughs> I'm going to start, you know, writing more lyrics to uh, right. Goodfellas now. Right, right, yeah. right. Goodfellas <laughs> musical. Sure, sure. Well, once we get started on this, the, there's no end to to uh, to the, the the depth of all that. Um, okay, well, this uh, this the one guest we have. He's is actually his second appearance and his third. his third, third appearance. appearance. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, but, Can't uh, get rid of him, man. Right, right. But to his first <laughs> appearance was uh, was on episode forty two, way back in January of twenty nineteen. Oh boy! Oh god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, such a different time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Can you believe it? Uh, and and he's a terrific singer, uh, bass player, band leader, uh, uh, comic book maven. Uh, he has such bands as uh, Clockwork Elvis, Bipolaroid, uh, Uptown Plowboys. He's a uh, Owner and manager of More Fun Comics, store right there on Oak Street. And our other guest is uh, Carlos Mendita. Am I saying that right? Mendieta. Mendieta. Okay, all right. Mendieta. Yeah, okay. Manny can pronounce that name for you. Um, And uh, he's a terrific illustrator, fine artist, uh, animator, has worked at uh, uh, Nickelodeon, Nintendo, works for uh, Microsoft in Uh, exile. He worked for 2K. My son was very excited that you'd worked for 2K. Oh, I currently work for 2K. Currently work for 2K. Okay, well, fantastic. And uh, and these guys have a have a, a terrific uh, comic book that they're going to talk about that the, that they're they're launching. But uh, without further ado, the great Mr. DC Harbold and Carlos Mendieta. Hello, Welcome. troubled nation. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> thanks for having me back, and and thanks for the idea of doing this. Yeah, well, well. So uh, a month or so ago, you you texted me a message on on your your Kickstarter program for for this this new comic book venture, which is called uh, Counterculture. Yes. So I had seen for some time. Uh, you know, you have customers come in to uh, to the the comic book store, and you have these outrageous uh, interactions with them. Oh, sure. As any record store or any small business can probably... There's been a long lexicon of what... uh, I think it was Uh angrywaitress.com and people posting things. And the idea just came to me like, this is kind of funny. Uh, Instead of getting angry about customers asking full questions or just... You know, as we you can imagine, comic books attract some extreme personalities. So instead of getting angry about it, turn it turn it into something maybe comical or funny. So I started posting on the More Fun Comics Facebook page, More Fun Comics Nola, um, and uh, it it began as a customer to me, right? Meet a customer, customer to me. So a lot of times it is a longer conversation that I've sort of edited down to four or six lines. And it just was just kind of me 
being a dick on the internet. Ah, uh-huh, sure, <laughs> right? sure. Like, you know, just... Well, it's it's better than being shitty to them, you right? Know? Uh, like... uh, well, I I have gotten called out. I have actually gotten some Yelp and Google business reviews. I was in the store. Uh, and uh, the guy was a total jerk, and then he bitched about me on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I, did, I thought it was funny. Like, right, right. Yeah, well, fuck these people. So, they can't yeah, take a joke, man. You, know? you, you don't want to be like completely digging. You just want to say, like, isn't this absurd? Right. And so I've been doing that for a while, and I've known Carlos for many, many years, and he just had this idea. He said to me one day, he said, you know, this would actually make a pretty funny comic book, and you know, like you normally do when you hear idea, you go, yeah, okay, fine. And then I saw his artwork mm-hmm. and I said, oh crap, you're actually good. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Appreciate I didn't, it. yeah, I didn't know. Like it was just a, a person I know that came to the store. We shared a similar taste in music and, uh, uh, comics and, and, and all kind of movies and all kinds of things. But then I actually saw his work and it wasn't just the fact that he could draw. He actually had a vision mm-hmm. and that's what did it. I said, okay. So I went back and scrolled through years of these posts, okay. which took days or right. maybe weeks, put them all into a PDF and sent them to him. And he just really took it from there. Yeah. I just started drawing. I drew myself first, uh, just cause like caricaturing people uh i'm not super great at so i was kind of like learning how to do it some people are harder than others but i figured if i'm going to be drawn uh i'll stick in some friends in in the comic as customers because we don't you know we can't use the customers and we can't we don't remember who they are uh but i figured if we're going to be using uh uh other people i draw myself first okay ridiculously get the so if, any, if right. anyone else had a problem with it then it's like well look at my page sure <laughs> look how i drew myself like right. no one should have any complaints well and this poor guy <clears throat> has had to stare at my face probably longer than any yeah lover that i've ever had <laughs> like to try to like capture my essence he's looked at pictures of me like longer than anybody i feel uh, for you man so i really so, do i'm so sorry you guys are engaged now i uh, yes we're uh, it's we're close <laughs> yeah well close. when when manny and i go to a party they think we're a couple these days, so, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. right oh it's the oh yeah juicy. yeah <laughs> i remember that but yeah. uh so so yeah i was looking at your artwork and you have beautiful like uh photorealistic uh uh pencil and pencil work and so that's is that kind of how you're 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 rendering these uh these drawings it's actually kind of like evolved uh at the beginning i was trying to make them like cartoony but realistic and then it's kind of like morphed where now i'm kind of like it's a little bit more cartoony Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it was just um i have all these other like things uh like ideas and stuff that i wanted to do but when he told me about the customer to me customer to me because that's what it was called at the beginning and okay. i'm like oh let me read them and then yeah he sent me like a word file or whatever and i read through them and i go that's like a fully formed like idea that's uh-huh. that's a comic and i'm like i'm gonna draw him and he was like okay so i just started drawing it and then i just showed up one day with like you know what he would look like in cartoon form <laughs> I, with I, like three pages i gotta <laughs> interject that he showed me four different versions of my rendering uh-huh. i picked the one that looked the thinnest the thinnest, yeah. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, why not? Why not? Man? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Sure. So is this a so is it like the, the day at the comic book store? Is every volume just going to be like a day at the comic book store? Yeah. Kind of thing where DC comes in and customer says, you know, how come you don't have any uh, Mickey Mouse Club stuff here? You know, something like that. Yeah, it's and basically lots of that stuff. That's but happened. Yeah, each. Yeah. That's happened. <laughs> that's, that's a direct. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, each well, you know, you're day. right there on Oak Street, and you get a lot of characters out coming up. Yeah, and down I get, there. I do, yeah, I do yeah. get a lot of people, you know, walking from bars or shopping, right? Not just kind of wandering in with a open beer, and you right. have to manage that stuff. And and hey, can you put a lid on that drink, or can you stop bothering the other customers? <laughs> uh, can you <laughs> can you put your clothes back on? Yes, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> three three out of those four. Are in the comic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. No, Three of those four are in the true. Yeah. And you also, uh, uh, one of my big fans is a big fan of yours. That woman who lives down the street. She always wants a yard card. I forget her name now. Uh, I forget. Uh, that woman who lives down the street. Yeah. Very specific. God, you yeah. just described a few dozen. Well, people. she also hangs out around the corner. I forget. She lost a yard sign to a hurricane, and she wanted one badly. And she came to you to Charlene. To yes, yeah. that's it, Charlene. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Is she so, alive still? Uh, she is still alive. Actually, uh, recently her her house burnt down, so she had to move. Oh, jeez. Oh man. Yeah, um, still she's, around. Uh, but she's, she's cooking meth or something. I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea. Again, maybe soup. I, I don't know uh, what happened. Well, so, so so the the kind of elevator. Description of, of this was uh, that I read was uh, Clerks meets American Splendor. Yep, of course the great Harvey P. Carr. Uh, the the absolutely Splendor. great Harvey P. Yeah. Carr. Right, and that was kind of a similar thing where Harvey just wrote all the all the 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 text, well, and, the and he funny, had different uh, artists come in. But you know, if if I could, real quick. The comic book store that I went to when I was a kid, I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Yes, I put the duh in Delaware. (laughs) But the comic book store that I went to in the 70s um, was called uh, Xanadu, Xanadu Comics. And it was run by a really great artist named uh, Tom Watkins, uh, who did a lot of the set design uh, for a lot of early John Waters movies. Oh. Harvey Picar's now widow... Mm-hmm. Uh, wife worked at Xanadu Comics, and I knew her. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, she's um, the one in the film that's portrayed yeah, in the film. Yeah, she's portrayed in the film. Okay, right. Yeah, and the uh, comic book store that's in the American Splendor film is supposed to be. It looks nothing. It looked nothing like how it's portrayed in the film, as Hollywood will do. But I knew them as a kid, and I was this little kid that used to get yelled at by this crazy person. Are you going to buy that kid? You going to? Yeah, I'm going to just want to buy a Shazam comic. You know, whatever. Right. Um. But she was working there, and in the film, like that—that's the comic book store that she that, was working at, and then she moved to in, Cleveland yeah, yeah. to meet Harvey, and the rest uh, is history. Oh, um, that's right. They had some kind of correspondence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, loved yeah, the yeah. comic. She was corresponding with. They were writing yeah. together. She moved to Cleveland. They met. They fell in love. Um, and, then she and, and she's wonderful. She's absolutely. Uh, she's she's doing. She's still doing great things. Um, but my story about that is that Tom Watkins. It was in a really rough part of Wilmington, Delaware. Um, it was down by the river. It was in a strange place. My mom used to take me downtown when she would go to Woolworths or the grocery store, and I would walk the five blocks down the street to Xanadu Comics, which was a bad part of town. There were a lot of homeless people and a lot of drunks. And, you know, the legend goes that 
Tom, when he would get tired of uh, the the rummies, let's just say, mm-hmm. uh, he would leave a open bottle of wine out on the sidewalk <laughs> filled with rat poison. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day, the bottle of wine was gone, and so, so was were the rummies. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So whenever anybody gives me shit for being a jerk at the comic book store, I say, let me tell you about the comic uh, yeah. guy that I had yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. He was a damn murderer. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> so... I know. I know. Yeah, when yeah. I've been to your store, you there are people who come who bum cigarettes from you a lot. There's a lot of yeah. couple characters who come and bum cigarettes. Yes, they you, do. Yes, you know, they do. Uh, so you could do the same thing. You could put a firecracker on their cigarette. Yeah, but all the people that bum cigarettes for me are actually my friends. Uh, okay, so it's, it's okay. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, firecrackers or what were the little uh the, the little uh lady cap- lady fingers? Yeah, yeah, those yeah, things. yeah, yeah, tiny ones. Yeah, yeah. No, I. So I was. I was pre-disastered. To run a comic book store <laughs> right, right. on Oak Street in New Orleans. You know, one time the iguanas were playing in uh, in Cleveland, and uh, they they thought, well, I wonder if Harvey's in the phone book. Oh, and looked him up in the phone book, and they're like, well, there's there's a Harvey P. Car called it. There he is. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there he was. They're Who's like, this? They're like, hey, uh, you wanna. You want to come out to our gig tonight? He's like, ah, I don't go out anymore. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys want to come over or something? And they're like, well, sure, we'll come over. Oh, no oh, kidding. Cool. So, cool. so I was kind of under the weather. I, I, I wasn't up to it. But the rest of the band went out there and hung out with with Harvey at his house That's and fantastic. listened to records and stuff. But yeah. in the movie, he talks about there's a monologue that uh, Giamatti, who plays uh, people, who has also been in my shop. Oh, Giamatti. Okay. Yeah, Paul. Uh, he was. I was. Standing on the corner, like is depicted in the comic, and this fellow's walking down the street. It was a lonely, sort of rainy, overcast day, and I said, "You look a lot like Paul Giamatti." And he said, <laughs> "I am Paul Giamatti." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I am Paul Giamatti. And he came in the shop, and I was like, "I told him the Harvey P. Car story. I told him about the Joyce Brabner." Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 and story. the rummies, yeah, yeah the poison was, and the rummies, yeah, yeah, and uh, and he just went, oh, that's that's perfect. Didn't buy anything. He's a cheap bastard, <laughs> but uh, he is one of my favorite actors, so it was nice having. Yeah, him well, he yeah. has that monologue in the movie. Just go, to digress real quickly, where he talks about who is Harvey P. Card, and he looks in the yellow pages, and he says, "There's three Harvey P. Cards <laughs> in the in the phone Uh-oh. book." So did you call the right one? Right. Did they go hang out with the right RVP? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how how, uh, how how many calls they had to make before they got the right one, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, because in the movie they says he goes, "Who's Harvey P. Carr? Look in the phone book. There's three. There's three. There's me and there's two others. But who's the real? It's like a whole monologue that he goes would, through would there, when he's would dying. Would we know who Harvey P. Carr is if it were for David Letterman? Uh, uh, or MTV. I, we, yeah. we would. MTV. Most people yeah, we, would not. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I knew about him before he ever showed up on Letterman. Right. In, in, in I fact, did, yeah. I, I had this friend on the West Coast who I guess might have turned me on to to American Splendor, but before the Saguana story, he's flipping through, and, and on one of the pages of American Splendor, there's a telephone, you know, the old-style telephones that have the number written in the, yeah. in the, in the yeah. center disc? Right. Yeah. And there was a number written there, and he's like, I wonder if, I bet that's his fucking real number. <laughs> he dials it. <laughs> Hello. That was, Harvey had put his real number in the, in the comic book. <laughs> Why Pre-Letterman, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's probably, like, oh, you know, who's going to call me? He's who's lonely. Gonna, who's ever going to see that? Yeah, well, maybe all those guys 
from Cleveland got famous. Uh, what's the yeah, nerd Crumb, dude? Yeah, Harry well, Crumb. Yeah, all those guys famous. I got introduced I, uh, as a birthday present. Uh, someone gave me an American Splendor comic book, and I just uh, I'm not into comic books, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was kind of groundbreaking at the time, yeah. you know, like uh, this this not supposed to be funny, just slice of life. Uh, well, there's a lot of that that like there's there's a great like tragic poetry to it, which is humorous. It's the it's sure. gallows humor to be sure. I mean, you know, our cancer year is is gut wrenching, but it's also yeah. like uplifting. Yes. Um, and you know, his association with Crumb and uh, like being a writer trying to find an artist um is 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 as you know just from being in a band i mean you know as a as a bass player and you probably got some songs in you too and you you got to find a drummer that can fit and like that journey of him finding he had a voice but finding a way a speaker for the voice to be projected through Right. The thing and about him and Crumb and stuff or whatever, the most, you know, whether it took him a while to get, like, to find his voice or whatever, is that they told the truth as to, you know, as to what their point of view and what they were living at the time or whatever. Harvey Picar or, you know, Robert Crumb, for better or worse or whatever, on all those pages, they're telling the truth. Right. You know, right. good, bad, or indifferent of what they were feeling at the time, and that's the power in that stuff because I it's just, honest. Yeah, I just like the anger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just like the anger so much. Well, it's validating. It's validating yeah. because it's a lot yeah. of stuff that, like, you know, we all suppress. Yeah, and and I don't, I don't want to like draw. We are here to talk about counterculture. I get that, but like, part of the whole thing that, like, as part of my, uh, I've been a little, let's just say, like, I don't know if I want to put this out there. These mm -hmm. are like some personal thoughts, and these are like the things, and I don't know if this is like it's maybe a little too true. But going back and looking at how like honest those things were, and I was like, well, this these things did actually happen. Yeah, right. and these you were. You say, th this is like working with Carlos and you know uh, finding a letterer and getting uh, different cover artists and whatnot. And go, I was like, okay, well, I just gotta have faith that this is this is going to translate because I reread these events, these scripts, and say. People find this funny? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like this, uh, this is very painful for me. This is like I yeah. remember that. Oh God, really? And like I'm going, this you this amuses you? <laughs> well, um, you, you know, I, I, you've been actually pretty pretty candid in a lot of posts. Not not uh, just uh, things that that go on in in the one way to put in, it in, 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 <laughs> in the the comic book store. Sure. But for instance, like some stuff about your childhood that I didn't even ha have any idea about when when we had you on the podcast the first time but i was when i read it, i was like oh fuck that's fascinating man where like you know i guess your parents were kind of swingers or something oh god they were alcoholic like fucking like i, I didn't i you know i didn't know uh -huh. it's all stuff that i've kind of filled in the blanks as i got older i just remember you know spending most of my time alone and raging parties going on downstairs that i was not allowed to go down the stairs uh-huh uh and a lot of like drunk adults coming upstairs when they couldn't deal uh and wanting to talk to a young person that was playing <laughs> monkeys records uh -huh. <laughs> you know and, and trying to get away from whatever the hell was going on downstairs but i didn't know yeah it's it was it was i grew up in the 70s yeah you know, well me too but born uh, in know. 1967 <laughs> 
Uh, and they were, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Key my party scene was in full bloom. Full full going on. Uh, you know, my dad, my actual father, left when I was very young, and going back and forth between. You know, where I was living with my mom and visiting his family. And he, my dad was a musician and my mom was a rocker. That's why they met. Mm. Um, yeah, my dad, uh, the, the story about him playing with Roy Wood in the move. Um, oh, yeah, yeah that, 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 that was a real thing. The bass that I play, my dad bought because he was going to go to England to play in Roy Wood's band after the move. Um, which is, you know, I didn't know anything as a kid, but you get years later, you go like, oh, wow, that was. That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, go, go Carlos. So now, where where's your background from? Uh, I'm originally from Miami. Miami, get I, out of here right I'm now! No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, but, and then I've bounced around and then ended up here just because I wanted to be here. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and that's and you got you admired artists, comic book artists like Crumb and stuff like that. Crumb and, Crumb and like Kirby and Crumb and stuff like that was later. Did uh, you ever see that uh, documentary about Crumb? Yeah, I've seen a. F there's a few of them, a few well, good ones. That one, uh, one just called Crumb. That is, yeah, I've seen yeah, that well known. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw that and I was thinking to myself, man, I thought my family was dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. They actually used that film in uh, 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 master's courses uh, to explain an Oedipus. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, oh, that, oh, that, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> And he had the brother who kept putting the string down, yeah. kept swallowing yeah, the string every string. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We're yes. all animals, man. That's, that's the point. <laughs> well, well, Carlos, how did you get into uh, animation and all of that? Because I know, you know, as you say, you work professionally as a like, uh, you know, uh, video game animator, and mm -hmm. as well as you know, you have this this uh, fine art background. How? What was the path that that brought you to that? Um, I mean, I've always drawn since I was a kid. And then, so when I went to art school, uh, long story short. Where was that? Uh, I was at Ringling in Sarasota. Okay. Ringling Art School. Same as the, uh, same the circus. As the circus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Same as the, founded by the same, yeah, by the same circus people. So it was actually people named Ringling? Yeah, Ringling and Brothers. Barnum. Barnum and Ringling? Yeah, it's based in Sarasota. That's where they had the clown college and all that. Oh, really? So it, you're not joking. That's actually the, the real yeah, no, that's family. A, yeah, okay. that's the real place. It's a real yeah. deal, yeah. Now, um, was part one of the classes having to fit into a Volkswagen with a bunch of other, like, <laughs> with all your classmates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get out under, like, 30 seconds, you fail. Well, you know, it's uh, funny because I remember when my daughter first started going to, like, school, uh -huh. first grade and second grade, and everyone's talking about summer camps. And I totally kidded that, you know, people would go, well, this camp's really good. This I, I went out in some morning meeting. I said, well, I'm doing my uh, clown camp. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's a real that's a real thing. You yeah, could they, go. They were like, "Really? What? Well, what do you do at your clown camp?" I, well, I have a VW in my backyard, <laughs> <laughs> and there was actually parents interested. Yeah, and I was just totally fucking with them. Yeah, no, no, you're joking, and that's not very far from the truth, actually. <laughs> you could go see like the graduates every year or whatever that they would go do like basically like their thesis, I think, or whatever, if I remember so correctly. So was it like being in New York when like Berkeley like has to do? their thesis and like all the live shows are just horrible because yeah, they would it's just have to a bunch perform of Berkeley in, students yeah they would have to perform in front of a live audience and stuff. So you can go <laughs> for first free. time yeah yeah if I remember correctly yeah you could go for free and, and see the graduates like perform 
Oh boy, their thing or whatever. Yeah, did you go. have to wear big shoes? I no. <laughs> I normally wear big shoes, so I didn't have to pay extra. Right so on. you go to this college. Yes. Interested in art. Your influences are all over the place. How do you get here, and why do you come here? Um, I mean, I went into doing illustration because I wanted to draw comics, and then I at the time um, it was at the tail end of of like two D animation. So that's and what, what year I, is this? This is when I got in. Uh, my first year was '96. Okay, because I had some friends in LA who were, were Cal Art students. Oh yeah, and they uh, they went to Florida to Orlando, and they mm-hmm. started that. Um, what was that show in the '90s? They started writing the, some stuff, and they got picked up. The uh, Burger, uh, those two guys who did the Burger, the two black kids who ran a Burger oh, stand. Uh, yeah, uh, and the big big burger. Yeah, or something? yeah. And then they started doing SpongeBob. Oh, those are the same oh. people. Some yeah. of them, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, no. Back in the back in the day, like now, every every college has a a computer animation digital program or whatever. Back in the day, it was like CalArts, Ringling, and I think Vancouver uh, School of Film were like the three big ones Mm -hmm. in the United States. Uh, You know, that if you were going to get into animation or whatever, you'd go go there. So I went there, but I didn't... I was never like a big... Besides video games, I was never a big like computer like Mm, person writing code or anything. Uh, So when I went there my first year, a bunch of my friends that I met uh, we're all already in computer animation because, like, the first story, Toy Story had come out, Jurassic Park had come out, and everything was starting to change. Yeah. So then uh, uh, I gave it a shot to try to switch uh, majors into computer animation, and they, you know, everybody told me not to, don't bother, there's a waiting list or whatever. And long story short, one guy flunked out, and I ended up doing well enough my first year that I got. You got the spot. spot. Yeah, you got the spot. If that wouldn't have happened, I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here having this <laughs> conversation. God knows. I mean, I probably would have just gone to try to do you well, know, comics. And, yeah. So, now, uh, are you musical at all? Yeah, I love music, and I, I fart around on guitar and stuff. But okay. I'm not like, in a band. Because I know these guys I knew from CalArts, they, they thought they were going to be a rock band before they were yeah. going to be you know, making you know, cartoons and stuff like that. They had this band called Egg. <laughs> it was one of the worst bands I ever <laughs> seen. What kind of stuff life. was it? Uh, it was, you know, early 90s, kind of, you know, trying to be uh, alt version, maybe a, a talking heads kind of thing, you know. Like Whale or something? Yeah. Do you remember that, Ben? Oh, yeah. Humping yeah. Slowbo Babe or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They, I thought they, they thought they were kind of maybe like a. a a Just harder version of Oingo Boingo, like a hard rock version of Oingo Boingo yeah. meets B-52s. That's that's why I thought about yeah. that band specifically, because it was like, that kind of sounds like Whale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of sort of. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you made it here, and yeah. uh, you're, you're living in his comic book shop now? <laughs> I am living in his comic book shop. <laughs> well, actually, the company he was working for, the, the video game company in Exile, had opened up an office right across the street oh. from the comic book store. Um, when that building had started going through, the, the Super 10 had closed, which is... Uh, oh, I miss it. Um and they started renovating that building, and this video game company opened up. And all of a sudden, you know, between uh, D4 Tabletop Gaming Cafe, which is on the same block as me, uh-huh. Zot's Cafe, 
and in exile and more fun, it was like nerd block. Yeah. Yeah. And when was this? Was just a few years ago? No, yeah, it was about five, six years yeah, ago. Okay. Yeah, I God, moved maybe longer. April what of, is time? I don't even know. Yeah, I moved like, in April of 2016. Okay. So even longer. But yeah, so this whole thing started happening where there was a video game company that had, you know, they, they did a, 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 what was it, the Bard's Tale and uh, yeah, Mage's a couple Tale, other. Yeah, Bard's Tale, Wasteland. Wasteland is like their big, Yeah. Uh, what they're best known for. And so this whole thing started like, like happening, uh, my friend uh, Lewis from the Consortium of Genius brought a bunch of video games into my shop and a pinball machine, and cool. it all went from there. Nice. Are they still all there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you well, can come cool. play a great uh, Doctor Who pinball. No, but those co- those uh, companies across the street and down the road, yeah. they're all still yeah. there. Everybody's yeah. still there, and they're Just, still. Thri- it's actually they're, they're thriving. We've, we've I mean, sustained it. it. Yeah, somehow, somehow, oh, we're all still there. Well, uh, Manny, I'm, uh, we got so much to talk about, but uh, why don't we take a little break here? Sure. Oh. Yeah, well, Daddy take a needs break. his cranky juice. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, the water's running. He's got to go. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it back, yeah, Manny. There's the comedy. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In order to get it up, you got to bring it down. That's right, 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 right. Back up. All right, well, well, troubled nation, you know the drill. Uh, send us your feedback, and we'll be right back. Everybody's talking all about the new plan. Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Yes. I am Renee Coleman. Yes. Back with our guests, Mr. D.C. Harbold and Mr. Carlos Mendieta. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. So uh, <laughs> uh, now, now, D.C., I know you're, you're a longtime listener, uh, a longtime guest. Uh, Carlos, this may be all new to you, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be listening to a lot of these in the future. But uh, as the, the Troubled from Nation. From your cell. From the no, cell, no, yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today, man. You, one time you said to me, uh, you said, uh, life begins with a single cell. And that's exactly where you're going to wind up, Renee. <laughs> no, yeah, life begins with a single cell, and hopefully for you it'll end in a cell. You know. I don't know why I thought of that. But anyway, um, it's funny where the mind goes in a, in a, in a moment of repose. But uh, uh, as the Troubled Nation, trouble <laughs> Nation knows, uh, you know, we, we've had sponsors come and go. And, yeah. Uh, uh, right now, we're back to our original sponsor, which is... Loose Change. Loose Change. You yes. got any Loose Change, Nation? Give it to us. We could use it. 
There you go. Okay, the sound. Okay, that. we got a Foley artist got, right here yeah, with us, man. We he's, got he's, that. He's, 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 so, uh, yeah, you know, we have the the Facebook page, uh, which has a PayPal link and the Venmo link in it. Uh, also, those links are in the in every uh, the show notes of of every episode. So, uh, you know, we are a listener-sponsored uh, operation here. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're enjoying these shows, and as I said last week, if you're not enjoying these shows, why don't, why don't you just turn it off? I, I don't know why you're still listening. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You know, this is, this is voluntary. Um, well, most people love to watch a disaster. <laughs> sure. It's a train wreck. It's hard to look away. Yeah. Right, right. I get that. I love seeing um, that. Yeah. So, uh, so if you're enjoying the shows and, and you're enjoying all these, these fantastic guests we're, we're bringing to you, Weekend and week out uh, again uh, the the 199th episode airing right here tonight being recorded yeah. right here tonight anyway uh, support the podcast you know get get some skin in the game you know uh, uh, support us we also have the pa- the the Patreon page that's what it's called we have a handful of patrons who uh, who support us weekend and week out they'll all be here at the uh, the 200th uh, oh. episode party. Um, it's going to be fantastic, man. And uh, we also have, the, as I said, the Facebook page and uh, Instagram account. Uh, sign up for those. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, review us. Rate us. Give us five stars. You can say, uh, fuck Manny and Renee, five stars. That's, that's one of our favorite sort of uh, reviews. What am I missing out on here? Uh, uh, something, I'm sure. Well, ag- again, uh, uh, look out for that 200th episode. Uh, uh, the, the, and the, come the, on down. Well, it's this will by the time this comes out, the party will have already happened. Oh, but the, really? But the, but the following episode after this one will be the podcast that we generate from all of these guests who we're going to have at the party who will be rotating in and out. I was actually going to tap DC to see if he would be a, a guest wrangler for us to kind of line people up to to rotate in and out uh, apparently he has a, a, a better offer on the table so. <laughs> no it was just a I band that I've been looking I forward could, to seeing uh, that I, I have could to try to get Wadzilla to do that that would be great now he doesn't know anybody so I'm That's, not sure yeah, how he would uh, yeah, but well, yeah, we'll yeah. find somebody we'll, yeah. we'll have someone who's who's kind of uh, directing traffic we should get like a really sexy naked woman to do it well uh, maybe just a sexy woman would be would be would be good enough um, so anyway, uh, b- big things on uh, happening next week, and uh, y- you all will be able to hear that. Uh, the a lot of big announcements, too. Uh, apparently, right Manny has some big announcements. Yeah. I, might, I might have a few myself. Yeah, big uh, announcements. Right, right, right. So uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, back to our guests, Mr. D.C. Harbold and Hello. Carlos Mendieta. Uh, so uh, we, were, we were talking about uh, how you got here, Carlos, and, and I, I know you spent like, what, 12 years in Austin or something? Yeah, I spent 13 years there working for uh, Nintendo. Okay, which now... Which is how I ended up there. Now, Manny and I were both uh, evacuated uh, to to Austin during, uh, in the post-Katrina era for, for some time. It's a, it's a nice town. If you have to be somewhere that's not New Orleans, that's 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 not yeah, a Yeah, it was place. cool. It's, it's changed a lot. But uh, when you were evacuated, did you go to the convention center? 
Uh, no, no, no. I, I no, wasn't. We, no, I wasn't I that evacuated. I think you worded it wrong. We weren't evacuated. Oh, we you just, just left too often. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like. Okay, we were, stay like, right on the on mic. A, oh, okay. We weren't put on a bus and yeah, said, yeah, "Here, yeah, you're yeah, going no, to Austin." No, no. Yeah. I, I, I was yeah. in Atlanta, and uh, Steve Wertheimer from the Continental Club is an old friend of ours. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and yeah. he said, uh, "Hey, if 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 the iguanas would like to come to Austin, I I could sponsor y'all, you know, with a gig. And there's a lot of people that want to want to put." y'all up it's funny i was already uh uh, living in in atlanta my kids had been in school in atlanta for two weeks by this time and joe cabral uh uh, saxophone player singer in our band was relaying this information from steve wertheimer he goes ray i I know you'll probably want to stay in atlanta i said oh no no we'll come come to austin i I turned to my wife i said hey baby you want to go to austin she goes oh yeah yeah let's go yeah. So uh, yeah, the Austin was a, a wonderful place. We went to the, we were in the Zilker School there. It was oh a great, yeah, great uh, little community, um, living right there in the off the Green Belt. Uh-huh. It's very New Orleans kind of neighborhood. We had a, a wonderful experience there. Where I was only there for like three months until uh, I got the power turned back on at, at my house in uh, Carrollton. They opened back uh, uh, sure. Lusher School again. We we returned. Manny, you were there a little bit longer than that, huh? Yeah, I was there for about uh, eight months. Um, and my kid was only like six months old, though, at that right, time. Right, right, right. So, so school was no an school. Issue. There was nothing like that. Uh, yeah, it was good. I liked Austin a lot. It was good to, like, actually, being a guy from LA, mm-hmm. a Hispanic guy from LA, and then coming to New Orleans and craving some decent fucking tacos and Mexican <laughs> food at that time, yeah. you know. Now New Orleans got a little better. And then moving to Austin, I was in fucking heaven, man. Right. You know, getting the breakfast tacos, the chicharrones, and all that good stuff, yeah. you know, uh, where I couldn't get it all anything in that, that New Orleans, you know. Oh, uh, they have banging stuff. Yeah. There used to be this place yeah. called Maria's on South Lamar, I think it was, or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's there anymore. Because oh, yeah. But, yeah, I know that place. Oh, my God. That place is just phenomenal, yeah. or was. And right. Yeah. So it, it was bipolaroids played a lot in in Austin. It's been really nice. Yeah. to Really good to us. Yeah. yeah. Spider yeah, House and a couple other like. Yeah. Hotel Vegas. Yeah. 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 The uh, the Moon Age Daydream Festival. Mm-hmm. Why well, find Austin the only real decent place in the whole state to tell you the truth of Texas? Yeah. No. When I first I first moved there in two thousand three from Chicago, and I remember one of the first things people told me there was like, "There's Texas, and then there's Austin." Right. Yeah. It's two completely. Two completely different things. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those places, it's very rare to have your state capital be a hip place. Right. You know, usually state capitals are fucking, you know, cows, you know, wandering around, horses, and, you know, fucking, yeah. you know, like Sacramento, Sacramento for cows. Yeah. I, I'm from Delaware. Tell me about it. Yeah. We have, we have Dover. Okay, Dover. Which uh-huh. we have Dover Downs and an Air Force base. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get on to your careers and stuff, we wanted to pay tribute to a couple of people who passed in the last week or so. You had mentioned it during the break, DC. Uh, our good friend, uh, uh, Rio Hackford. Yeah. He, uh, he passed at a very young age. Yeah, tragic. I did not know he was sick. I did not know any of that. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, I, I kind of. I I had heard some rumblings uh-huh. yeah, that he was battling. A sickness, and he was a you know he was a transplant just like yeah. I am and you are, 
and uh, he uh, and he became an integral part yeah of New Orleans. He was a great club owner, um, a good guy. I, I think he pr- could probably do that anywhere he went. Well, he had I many mean, clubs, L.A., San yeah, Francisco, yeah, yeah. not just as a club. Of, just like yeah. like it just feels like he was the kind of guy that could just go into any city in the world and just fit in and belong and and absorb it. it just. It's such an important part of the music community here and uh, a benefactor and um, generous and always made you feel welcome, always made you feel like you were in on it. Right. Um, and it's, it. I can't even express. He had the Matador. He had uh, yeah. One-Eyed Jack. Yeah. Pals Lounge. Pals Lounge. Pals Lounge. Oh, which is still here, Pals and Lounge. And yeah, just just. And just, I remember I worked the door for him a few times at the Matador. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> he was desperate. You asked me for my <laughs> ID. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Manny Carr, did you? <laughs> and I was yeah. playing that night. <laughs> It Manny tries to play, play said, who is this guy? Know. Oh, that's just Manny. You don't know him yet. I was maybe new in town, I guess. But, well, but I was yeah, I was like, who is this town. guy? Like, I, was I'm, very, I'm, yeah. I was in Dr. Agogo, and I've got the gear on. Like, we were a costume <laughs> band. Right. And we had a whole thing. And I'm like, <laughs> you were uniform. do you really think that I'm coming just dressed like well, this? Well, you know, to that a, neighborhood, that neighborhood, everyone's, everyone's dressed up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, like, what, yeah, 2002 or Manny, something like that. You, yeah. you make a rare good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Agogo, man, I love that band. It was what a fun a, band. What a great band. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jay Thomas. Jay Thomas on the Farfisa organ. And the two dancers. That was uh, a, that one was a, PhD girl. Dancing, yeah. Sarah. She, Sarah, Sarah was the doctor Sarah. in Doctor Agogo. She's a yeah. fucking right, doctor. Right. She's a real doctor, yeah. man. And and yeah. the, uh, Stephanie. I just uh, I just had dinner with Jay and Stephanie not oh, that yeah. long ago really? in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, they're doing really well, really well. Yeah, I've been I've corresponding seen. with Jay. Uh, through email uh, a lot. We've been having, and it's just as weird as you can imagine. And God bless the guy. He's, he hasn't changed. Yeah, he's not one of, bit. He's always been a nut. I remember at the Circle Bar, Stephanie used to work at the Circle Bar, and Jay would hang out there and just play video poker the whole her whole yeah. shift. Yeah, her whole shift. Yeah, the entire video. time. The entire time. It's like just taking her tips. <laughs> 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 you know, just putting in the poker machine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, and Stephanie at the Circle Bar, she was uh, she was everybody's best friend and everybody's mom oh, and yeah. everybody. Everybody's welcoming. Uh, just uh, she was she was an ambassador, ambassador to the city. Well, going back to Rio real quick, and then we'll move on. Um, one of my favorite stories is at the Matador. I had my brother-in-law from California in town on business, just him, and I'm living above the Circle Bar. He calls me up. We go out to dinner, and we're walking around the quarter, and we end up at the Matador, and. Um, Fucking what's his name? Dave Attell had just finished playing at the Sanger, right? And he took his whole comedy troupe because there was like ten comedians to the Matador to do an unpropped, you know, a special show after show kind of thing. And Rio's there. He goes, "Manny, come on in, come on in." So me and my brother-in-law go in there, and Luke's working the bar. Luke Spur Allen is working the bar. Another troubled man. Yeah, yes. and Attell is killing. He's killing. And he's all his like eight other comedians are killing, and then Rio comes up to me and goes, "Man, are you gonna do something?" <laughs> I'm going, "Don't you want to follow Dave Attell?" Yeah, I just want yeah, it's like, no fucking way, man! I'm not going up there. I'm not going up there. Goes, ah, come on, come on, and the comedians Attell and uh, they're fucked up. I mean, these guys are fucking high drunk as can be, and Attell's doing that thing that Biddy does where he goes, uh, "What are you drinking?" 
Oh, you're uh, you're getting laid in the ass tonight. You know that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, you're, you're drinking uh, pineapple pineapple and vodka. Oh, you're sucking dick tonight. That kind of stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, he's doing that bit that he's done forever. And Rio goes, "Yeah, you can go on, go on." And then Luke's like going, well, "Just let me know when you're ready." And I'm like going, "I'm not fucking following these guys." What you and my brother-in-law is like, "You're gonna go on?" And my brother-in-law, I buy him a beer. And we're, it's crowded, you know, it's kind of crowded. And my getaway was, my, uh, Attell was saying these jokes and some other comedians, and my brother-in-law does a spit take on the guy in front of him. He's drinking a beer and he laughs so hard, he spits the beer in front of the guy. The guy looks at him and goes, what the fuck just happened? I go, we're leaving. Bye. Right, right, right. And that was my get out of, you know, right, I just right. took off. And I think two weeks later, I saw Luke. He goes, what happened to you? I said, man, I wasn't going to follow those fucking yeah, yeah. pros. What are you, out of your mind? There's so many great Matador stories. I have one where um, it wasn't Dr. Gogo. It was my other band, Flatware, with Chris Knotts. And we had played a show there and... I just one of those nights where the time slips away from you and you have no idea. I'd loaded all my gear into my car that was parked outside thinking, I'm just going to go back in for a cool down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, uh, Rio and I can't remember the other bartender's name, Brian or something, maybe I think it was. And I just go back. I'm just going to have one more cool down drink, you know, just to chill out, something light right. so I can drive home. My gears in my car. Next thing I know, the sun is coming up and my car is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, you know, because gracious as they were, they gave us a Wednesday night to play. Little did I know that Thursday morning is trash pickup. Oh. Uh, where yeah. if you're parked there. So I said, my car with my base and my base rig. Gone. And all of the merch and yeah. everything else is gone. So Rio said, all right, I'm shutting it down. And he drove me to the impound lot and said, do you see your car like, yeah. you know, under the overpass, yeah, under yeah. the I-10? Uh-huh. So you got to remember, I'm dressed all in white, in a white derby from right. the show. Uh-huh. And I get he drops me off at the impound lot and just says like okay I think you're good your car is there you're gonna be fine here's he gave me money to get my car oh, cool. out of the lot but he was working on some other stuff so he just kind of left me there and I go into the office and they say yeah we're a little short on uh, people here uh, you've got about two hours to wait oh mm. fuck that's <laughs> till the next shift comes in so you can get your car and I was like well I have the money he's like yeah we can't do it so I'm sitting there dressed all in white in a white derby under the I-10 overpass for two hours on the street going I just want to get my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, better there than central lockup. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, right. there, there could, it, it could have gone yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah, it's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been. Yeah, so I, he attention. was a good guy, and also I want to just we wanted to say a shout out to uh, one of our favorite people, Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, yes. Gilbert, Gilbert, the great uh, comedian, a fifty-year career. He started stand up at the age of fifteen. That's nuts. He quit school. And he just started going to comedy clubs in Brooklyn and Manhattan at the age of 15, 16, and just started honing his beautiful craft. And, uh, you know, his parents, uh, what I saw from that documentary, his parents were very, like, kind of, like, enthusiastic in some way. Or yeah, because he stuck to it. Yeah, and you could tell that he had it. the endorsement. Like, yeah. he found a voice, and he stuck with it. And there's no one, whenever you hear him, whenever you yeah. hear any of his material, yeah. it could be no one else but him. Yeah, 
And he had that great bit about quitting school. He was just so tired of getting beaten up. <laughs> he, he would just, he would just like, you know, he'd go to school and just fall down and play dead. <laughs> he would just fall down and play dead because he knew he was going to get his ass kicked, you know, by somebody. So that was his routine. He said, "Fuck this, I'm doing this," you know, and all that kind it of stuff. It sounds like, a, yeah, it sounds like a comic book fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it is funny how like i mean talk get, getting back to the comic mm-hmm. about how you know reading comic books or liking comics or having comics on you it was kind of a masochistic act yeah like i know that like the big air quotes here nerd culture has now become part of the you know pop culture and whatnot but there was a time when it was you were looked upon as being you know undeveloped or <laughs> An outsider, and that element is still there, you know. But that's why comedians like Gilbert Gottfried, like rock and roll bands that play to you know twenty people, but still like persist. Mm-hmm. Like that outsider thing, like we still hang on to that because it was the thing where, like, yeah, I'm the guy that got jumped on walking home from school and got my and got farted on in class because <laughs> I was a nerd or because whatever but you know now it's like nerd power right and which is great but there is also that like let's look at like the you know how you how we got here yeah. for your forefathers <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my my, my, best, my best friend, who amazingly enough, his name is Carlos. Also, um, he used to like. I, I was obsessed with comics it's not since I was. At all. Well, there's only like four names in the Hispanic. Language. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> my grandfather's <laughs> name Manny, was Jose, Carlos, and my yeah. grandmother's name was Josefina. Okay. <laughs> my his ba- my older brother was name is Jorge George, and his older brother's name was George. <laughs> like I could just go on and on. Anyway. I was obsessed with comics, so in high school, I mean, we would, you know, do normal high school stuff and go out and get drunk and do that kind of stuff, but I mean, I would, like, I would love comics and stuff, and he was, like, he was, like, Farmer Ted, and I was, like, the two nerds in 16 Candles, where he would constantly be going, take those ridiculous things <laughs> off, off. Your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, slapping yeah. me with comics, like, stop that, yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. is your deal with that, yeah. and he's one of the, uh, he's one of the uh, pledges on the Kickstarter now, no, oh, you, awesome, small, small, are, small victories, are you a collector, are you, like, one of these guys who collects, and you ha- they put them in the plastic, and they have to be, no one can touch them, kind of thing, that kind of stuff, no, I mean, I'll put them in a, I'll put them in a bag and board and box and stuff but I mean I, I just like like reading them and looking at the art and stuff yeah you just go back and see an issue that you loved from years ago yeah because you, you get like yeah, yeah that's but, all but you're not one of those guys who are like oh don't touch that no don't touch that comic don't even look at it yeah <laughs> like, what's his no, name they're, and, books, uh, they're meant to be read right, yeah, right. Yeah, you don't look even, at it too much don't even look at it yeah, 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 yeah. we've seen enough so, of that one right. yeah well that, that brings that up an even point Right, right. Uh, that brings up a question I had had for you, uh, DC, because I know you you uh, you know you scour the internet, you find uh, certain pieces that have been neglected, you purchase them, you rework them, like like a you know like a Millennial Falcon. Uh, oh, uh, model the the, or the toy restoration, you know, toy yeah. restoration. But uh, you know, it kind of goes along with the comic book collector thing, you know. And and I was I was wondering. What's the difference between a, a collector and a hoarder? <laughs> not much, and, and not and, much. And you know, question. it's funny you bring that up because I've I, I, there's a there's a television screen at the store, and for whatever reason, the YouTube algorithm has been recommending 
episodes of Hoarders. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which just kind of autoplay uh-huh. after I've watched, you know, this guy talk about the latest, you know, X-Men, Hickman, like, uh, endeavor. Wow. And then an episode of Hoarders will come yeah. on, and I'll be, you know, in the back filing, and suddenly I'll look over, and it becomes this horrible family story about, like, you know, your children are wondering why you love your stuff more than them. <laughs> <laughs> and customers are in the store. And I'm going, yeah, autoplay. Sorry, I, 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 I let this play to keep me in check. Uh, it's a cautionary uh, tale. I'm sorry if this is a little too true. <laughs> no, that's been happening over the last month, like just episodes of Hoarders coming on. So, um, yeah, there's a place where it becomes neurotic. My job... As, look, look, this is where, like, capitalism and art intersect. You know, I have a store. It, it, it wants to perpetrate itself. My job is to have a comic book store that people can come to next week. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a preservation factor that goes on. There's a thing that when I get a collection in and it's been neglected, I can clean it up, put it in a bag and board, and, okay, the decay stops here. Right. As much as possible. And then the person that buys it, uh, they might set it on fire. They might use it in a movie and throw it away. They might do whatever. But but my job is to preserve this stuff, the actual artifact, because the art exists online. The stories have been told and told and retold. They're making movies about them now that are like you know the the biggest blockbusters in the world. Um, but my job is to preserve the object and. So when someone comes in and they're a little bit obsessive about it and looking for the best possible copy and doing all that, it's like, look, let's just remember, make sure it's something that you love. Make sure you're buying this. If you're going to spend this amount of money, make sure you're doing this because you love it, not because you're making an investment, not because you think that this is going to be, it's going to give you like a cool factor later on. Do it because it's something that you love. It gives you joy. And that's, 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 that's my job. That's the part about my job. I mean, I, I love comics. I do it. But when they say that phrase about do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, the part that I love is that I'm preserving the object du art, the actual artifact. Nice. Right? Nice. And once it's in their possession, once they drop the money down, I have no control. Right. And that's right. okay. But... There is a factor of like, but I kind of want you to take care of this too. So, sure. but as a as a the store owner, can you tell with all your experience that person buying that uh, comic book or that model, whatever? Can you tell if they're a collector or a hoarder? Absolutely, you can tell yeah. like from the minute they walk. <laughs> <through the door. laughs> really, I can, I can tell by okay. looking at their shoes. <laughs> well, you know they, they well, say women a... judge uh, men by their shoes. Absolutely, you know? yeah, and absolutely. Uh, oh, when I was okay, very briefly, I was working at Circuit City. Uh, that was what it, what enabled me to move to New Orleans back in '97. And I worked with a guy that could tell whether or not somebody's going to buy anything. This is an old school salesman. Like this guy sold cars, he sold washing machines, he sold everything in the world. But he was in the uh, the audio department with me, and he could tell whether or not somebody was going to buy anything by looking at their shoes. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And I said, but I, and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like, oh, that's an old line. But no, he was right. 
He actually had a system. So yeah, I can tell. Like it's their, de- it's it's a demeanor. It's a, uh, it's it's a. Where are your key issues? Where are your graded books? Where are your, you know, where's your where's your expensive stuff? And then when I tell them, I don't keep that stuff here. If you're serious, you'll tell me about what you're looking for, mm-hmm. and I can probably broker it for you or pull it out of storage. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to keep a, a five thousand dollar look. Action Comics number one moved through this shop. Yeah. I mean, like, we've the the most coveted back issue old comic, the first appearance of Superman in Action Comics number one from 1938, came through the shop. Right? So, like, I don't, I'm not going to apologize to anybody about, like, whether or not I've got the first appearance of this or a key issue there. If right. you want it and you're serious, if somebody comes in and just says, Where's your most expensive books? You just want to know. You're not going to buy it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're just testing me. Right. And by the way, don't test me. Right. So right, right. going back to Circuit City, though, could this yeah. guy, you know, let's say, because I used to do this when I went to buy things, I would put, uh, I would wear my shoes on the wrong foot. <laughs> so do you think I'm buying something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'd, we'd, we'd probably send you to mobile. <laughs> You're not getting the big screen TV. You're getting a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm getting the Walkman, two and a half inch Walkman. You know. Well, you know, I actually I was reading your, uh, I scanned your your Facebook page today, and oh you actually had a, a, a hilarious uh, uh, occurrence just today, where yeah. where yeah, someone was. Uh, I don't want to tell the story. You could. I, someone the, was uh, at looking for a gift for. Uh, I get I get that a lot. When okay, the 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 broad version of it is that a lot of people come in and say, "I need to buy a gift for somebody they really like comics." <laughs> My standard line is, "Get that's out. like no. that's like yeah, <laughs> get, get out." Get out. <laughs> My standard line is like, "That's like going into the Win Dixie and saying I need to buy a gift for somebody they really like food." <laughs> <laughs> um, because comics are not. A genre, they're a medium. Mm-hmm. People associate comics with superheroes and that type of thing, but there are, as we've talked about with Harvey Picar, yeah, there are true life comics, mm-hmm. there are humor comics, there's horror comics, there's detective stories, there's crime. Like it's just like any other media. It's like going into a bookstore. I mean, and and it's. I understand that the superhero thing is what everybody associates with it, and that's fine, because it is probably the biggest seller. Do you think these movie franchises have killed that? No, not at all. Not um, at all? The, the movie franchises... Are made the customer like not as bright? No, 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 because those customers are still just going to go buy an Iron Man t-shirt from Walmart. Okay. They're, they're not going to care about the actual story, and, and that's what translated into this thing that happened today where somebody came in and said they needed to buy a gift for somebody that really likes Deadpool. And I said, well, look, I've actually got the first appearance of Deadpool in New Mutants number 98. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's at a really good price and whatnot. And they said, oh, well, the person I'm buying a gift for doesn't really like comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can and see I that. And I can see you drawing I, that right now, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, it's that DC's might make expression. It, oh, yeah, that might make it into the first issue. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like a page left. So, oh, okay. So, so back to counterculture. So, uh-huh. so you guys have this Kickstarter campaign going on. How is, how is that? Fairing the uh, that did 
that did really well. I mean, I was confident that we would get it funded. Our, our, I mean, I made the, the funding goal um, low just because I wanted to print the book and get it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was 4000 4, and uh, I, I thought it would take two or three weeks to get that funded, and we funded that in like less than ninety minutes. Wow! Uh, <laughs> and then we we tripled our we tripled our funding goal, so we did really really well. I mean, I didn't so even. So you're have... buying the next round, right, Carlos? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently so. <laughs> production costs, man. <Yeah. laughs> I'll put that in the budget. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean it, it did great. I didn't even have stretch goals. I mean, I just wanted to get the thing printed, and then we funded in ninety minutes, and it's all of a sudden it's like. Like oh shit, I gotta come up with stretch goals. Okay. <laughs> so is that fly- still is that still ongoing the campaign? No, it, it okay. finished and uh, the the comics getting lettered right now and and oh and, uh, tell them tell them what happened. We we the final stretch goal was um, getting a, an exclusive cover variant. Comic book fans will know what that means uh, by an artist named Jim Mafood, mm-hmm. who's you know he did the original like comic clerks. With Kevin Smith in mm-hmm. the '90s, and then mm-hmm. he does a Girl Scouts. He's doing Scouts. Girl Scouts now. Mm-hmm. He's, um, and he's like an artist. I used to do Girl Scouts. <laughs> Long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> I'd buy their cookies. Back and when you were a Cub Scout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a wee below. Yeah. 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 A wee below. Yeah, I was a wee below. Yeah, but never fell down. So we 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 hitched the <laughs> we hit the stretch goal to get Jim Mafu to do the cover, and what happened, Carlos? So he delivered the the colored. He he'll do it in black and white, like traditional, and then he'll he'll do digitally the colors and and extra textures and stuff. So he was mailing me the original black and white uh, comic art and uh, some piece of shit. <laughs> Stole it off my front porch, and not o- not only did they steal oh, it off the front oh, stoop, God, they tore city, like man, you know. Yeah. Usually, they just take the box and leave, and you don't ever know what happened to yeah. it. No, they they dug open the box, tore open everything, took out the cover, and then left all of the packaging like sitting on my like stoop on my front door <laughs> for me to find. And took the cover. Took the cover. Yeah. And what would they want with the cover? That's like something that's. It's, I I mean I think they're just selling it. Whoever took it is selling it to like tourists. Like yeah, oh so it's trouble my art. nation. If anybody tries to sell you a Jim Mafood yeah. like exclusive cover, any of kind of comic book art. Yeah. So. Is anything. he going to bring you another one or send you another one? Or? No, we have the digital file oh, okay. that we could print, so it's oh. not going to mess up the printing, but okay. I mean, I, you know, we would have loved to have had, had that or, yeah, the that, original. Yeah, and, and that sucks, man. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, man. That's why, you know, like, uh, we always get delivered things. Anytime we order something, we get it delivered to my wife's office. Oh, yeah. You know, never to our house, always to the office, because things get stolen. Yeah, it was weird. Like, they, the tracking, he, he sent me the tracking on Friday, and then so as soon as he sent it to me, I looked, and it said it was getting delivered on, like, the following Thursday. Mm. And then all of a sudden, uh, I was out, well, actually, at, at Piece of Meat, <laughs> eating a piece of meat. And when I came back, I found that. And it, it for some reason, all the way from Portland, it got delivered the next day. I don't know how. That's that's another thing. You got to really, that. Any time you order online, you have to really keep on it. Because they'll say, it's due in three days. And all of a sudden, two hours later, there's a knock. You know, it's at your doorstep. Yeah. So they don't fucking know these people. You know, it's uh, just have, you, have you watched any of the videos of people filming, like, when people put, stealing like, stuff. People stealing, or yeah. when they put like the the confetti bombs. Yeah, or the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, well, those are great. Just I, I find great satisfaction in yeah. that. Well, 
what was it a couple weeks ago here in New Orleans? This guy, his car kept getting broken into, and he had one of those powder bombs blow up. Did you see that? Yes. That was yes. cool. That was great. That was fucking amazing, yes. man. I mean, I look, I get that people are wanting. He's got and this huge are... SUV, Renee, and the kid, just the kids pull up, and he's got this, you know, top of the line truck, you know, something no one needs, you know, that kind of <laughs> <Sure>. thing. You know, <laughs> I'm this town. Yeah. And the kids just break his, you know, uh, driver's side window, and the car, kid starts leaning in, looking at stuff, and this thing just blows up in his face. Wow, nice. He had he had it tricked where you know the the console between the seats, you lift up, you keep CDs or you know uh-huh. whatever, and he he opened it up, <laughs> it blew up right in his face. It was beautiful. Man, he was. He was and really, that's what you got to really do. Prepared. We love. We love seeing t- criminals get their due. Oh, yeah, he yeah, he, he had been broken into like four or five times. This guy. Yeah, he had enough. Yeah, yeah. he just right. he had know, enough. Not he was falling down. Yeah. He was Travis yeah. Bickle. He right, was. Right. He, was uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was Michael Douglas. Yeah, he's Michael Douglas falling down. <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the mouth cancer. Right. <laughs> well. uh... <laughs> Well, so DC, we're kind of winding down here Cheers. in the podcast. Uh, so, so, so we have uh, counterculture number one coming out uh, uh, any time now. What are we thinking, Carlos? July, end of it was it was on Kickstarter. It said end of June, but because of all the uh, the supply chain things with paper, once we deliver the files, like right now, the printer has a bunch of paper, but say in two weeks I deliver it, that could change so yeah late june july maybe at the latest you gotta remember there's a paper shortage there's a trucker shortage yeah there's a shortage of lots of things going on right warehouse workers and stuff like that stripper shortage yeah all that kind of stuff all sectors so will this be like a monthly thing or a month oh no uh is probably going to be independent comics like this they kind of happen as they get finished like okay. a lot of the bigger publishers yeah they try to stick to a schedule because they've got multiple books with interweaving storylines mm-hmm. this is going to be a thing like yeah we've we have talked about a second issue we've talked about a third issue okay uh, we've talked about how to uh, coordinate that stuff um, there are plans but there's no schedule right so now so if the nation wants to get volume volume 1 you know you're going to print them up mm-hmm. until you sell out yeah, and, then and they they'll be available wait. at my shop at More Fun Comics uh-huh. on Oak Street, uh-huh. uh, uh, Crescent City Comics okay, uh, cool. on Calhoun. Uh, there's BSI Comics out in Metairie. What's on that place Suburb. on Ferret? Uh, the Ferret Street is a second location for Crescent City. Comics. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, their main store is on Calhoun behind the Frost Top. Okay, on, yeah, uh, I, I know uh, that is. Of Claiborne yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. great shop. Uh, actually, Crescent City Comics began as More Fun Comics. Oh, it was an offshoot of this store, and then it became its own entity. So Vol One will leave, maybe so beautiful and great that people will just be waiting, anticipating, anticipating for Vol Two, and then the movie deal is going to come and and, 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 see it all. Yeah, and then the cocaine and the hookers and 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 the midgets. Do we have to wait (laughs) that that long? And issue two will probably never happen because Carlos and I will be just living some ridiculously lavish life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, look look out for what fame does. Look out for what fame and fortune. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, now you have volume. Too. Now you now you have the uh, the 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 subject matter for that. So and hopefully, volume three, the know. troubled men will have us back for volume two. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, and Carlos, please come to next week's show. Uh, sure, two hundredth anniversary, two hundredth episode, where we're going to celebrate two hundred uh, 
shows. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you have uh, more bipolaroid shows coming up, I guess. Uh, yeah, you we, know, we all of your bands. I saw up. you out there with uh, uh, Clockwork Elvis. Oh, uh, I was there performing yes. uh, in, in the parade. Oh you were boy, there. that was joy. I was I was waving at you, but you were right in the middle of Suspicious Minds. So oh I, boy, yeah, that's. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that I was going to get your attention. <laughs> I was, I was, did, uh, okay, let me ask you though, where were you on the route? Because there was one time, you know, you only have like six songs that you play when you're doing a, a Mardi Gras parade. There was one time during Suspicious Minds, that middle eight, you know, the whole let all love survive, uh-huh, you know that part? Right. I had already sung it like three times on the route. And, you know, you get, you need to break it up. There was one time during Muses where the song came up and I channeled Shatner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been looking for somebody that was around that I might know because I did, oh, let our love survive. <laughs> I'll dry the tears from your eyes. Oh, let's don't let a good thing die. Because, honey, you know. I'll never lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) It was somewhere on St. Charles Avenue that I actually had to channel Shatner because I had sung it too many times that night. Already, yes. Yeah, I, I. uh, So look for that next year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carlos. Sure. Thanks Thank for having Troubled Nation. Right. And Renee, I think we're. I think we have any. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, I think we're here. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, look for the iguanas coming up. Uh, iguanas.com. We have plenty of dates. And uh, as always, in the Troubled Nation, we'd like to say, trouble never ends, but the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. <laughs>